You are listening to Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast. Swung on, lines the deep left field, it is gone! It went, deep right, Batista's going to wave goodbye, start the fireworks show! This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 143. I'm your host, Matt Lyons, and in this week's episode, we'll discuss some meatballs, some things that happened in the last week of baseball. We'll talk about Jose Ramirez's MVP chances and Shane Young, Shane Bieber's Cy Young chances. Talk about Tristan McKenzie and his lowered velocity and the potential playoff rotation, and of course, we'll answer your questions. Joining me for all that and more is none other than Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? Matt, I don't know if you know who runs the Let's Go Tribe Twitter account, but they're slanderous about our, our beloved Josh Naylor, and I just think that you, as is site manager and editor, I don't know, I like to refer to you as an editor, uh, should do something about this. Find this mysterious person who controls that. Take it away from them and destroy them emotionally. Well, well I, it was probably me slandering Josh Neal. Was it about... Um... Almost certainly. <laughs> it, was yeah. as, it was written as though you had written it. So, you know. <laughs> okay, what are you talking about? One of was the best the, parts about the of... fact that he was taken out? Uh, the yes. I, for one, am happy Clevenger was yes. No, that wasn't Naylor slander. That was more Sandy Alomar slander that he uh, was... I see. Interesting. That he was taken out. That Layers, was a pro Naylor tweet. It's yeah. great to follow Matt Lyons and also the Let's Go Tribe Twitter account <laughs> because sometimes they'll talk to each other and other times they'll tweet things. And I'm like, I wonder if you meant to do that on the other account or not. It's oh, great. occasionally, yeah. The most <laughs> yeah. often thing is liking stuff on the wrong account. But yeah. Um, but yeah, me and uh, Slickting, we take turns doing the game yeah, recaps. Of bitches. It's fun. Now, Merritt. Uh, oh, what? What? I was going to say, can you uh, believe how the Indians. See, I pause there because I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm just going to, we'll edit in later what they did. Because either right now, they're either going to win and the Astros are going to win and they're in the playoffs or not. <laughs> it's basically what we're looking at right now. Hey, they're um, winning the game again. Are they winning again? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Carlos Santana hit a home run. Oh, nice. There you go. But then Franmil Reyes struck out and I'm sad again. I wish so the problem is if you want to know right away if they get in the playoffs or not, you're going to have to stay up to like 1 in the morning to see if yeah. the Astros. And, and it also sucks to root for the Astros. I can't yeah. stomach that. I couldn't stay up until midnight to root for them. Of course. They're Other than Michael the, Brantley. The barf boys of baseball. It's just Michael Brantley on an island of barf. But it's an evil Michael Brantley. We've discussed this because he has the goatee. <laughs> Does he still have it? Is he still evil Michael Brantley? I have no idea. I have not watched a single oh. Astros game this entire year, to be honest with you. <laughs> I... <laughs> I think I've watched one, but I don't remember seeing a single Michael Brantley at bat. Like I keep looking like, oh, he is hitting really well, but I haven't seen him. Maybe I just haven't watched the Nationals game, but I know I haven't seen a Michael Brantley swing this year, which makes me sad for... I just, you know, now that I think about it, I really haven't even looked at how they're doing. Oh, okay. oh they're bad. <laughs> I mean, they're going to, they might make the playoffs, but they might also drop out, which would be Yeah, they're really in delicious. the pits. I know old, what's his name, getting the old TJ surgery at, at the ripe old age of 106. <laughs> just but, in Berlin, yeah. 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 You know who else? Uh, I got nothing. No. Meatball. I tried to link it, but it didn't work this time. I know. Uh, this is our meatball segment, of course, where we go over little tidbits of the week in baseball, little specific things that happened. I'll let you go first. All right. I want to talk about Zach Plezak. Um On Saturday, he pitched. Was that Saturday? No, it was that. Friday. Uh, I missed the game. I was out. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg had just died, and my wife was sad, so we went to the bar. Uh, so, you know. Uh, I came back later and I rewatched his game at two in the morning because that's what normal human beings do, right? <laughs> totally, yeah. <laughs> um, and I got to think, like I was watching it and I'm like, I, I was honestly, on a, I, I thought that was probably the best pitch game, just uh, in a 
very cohesive sense, best performing game, I think, of Zach Plezak's entire career. Because uh, he had a pickoff, right? Uh, he went seven and two-thirds innings, struck out 11, didn't allow any uh, runs, uh, walked a guy. I think he allowed a couple of hits, too. I mean, I have the numbers right in front of me. Give me a second. Um, again, he allowed five hits. I mean, he was utterly dominant. Now, granted, this is the eternal struggle of rooting for the Indians. We know they have good pitching, but they also are going to play the Tigers a buttload. So, was it good? I don't know. They beat, the Tigers are terrible, but also the Tigers have beaten them a few times. The Indians are winning 4-2. Uh, so I wanted to look into it. How good of a game was this for Zach Blizek? And it turns out it's actually the second highest game of 2020 for him as far as baseball references, game scores con- concerned. Uh, do you know what the number one was? I actually wrote about this game. It was, uh, it was his... probably near as the beginning of the season, right? Before he was... Correct. Yeah. Uh, it was actually, in fact, it was... Uh, actually, I'm sorry. That was not, this was not the Chicago White Sox game. Uh, this was uh, when, they, when the White Sox were in town on July 29th. He went uh, eight full innings with 11 strikeouts, only three hits allowed, no walks. But that was a game score of 87. But actually, according to uh, F- Fangraphs' this is game score, uh, his best pitch game ever was actually last year. I'm sorry, no. They think that game is his best pitch game ever. But according to baseball reference, his best game, pitch game ever was actually last year against the Angels when he threw a shutout on five strikeouts and two walks. Remember that game? It was questioningly impressive, but, you know, again, he didn't allow any runs, so it was pretty cool stuff. So I got to wondering, because I thought it was the best uh, performance, simply because he got that pickoff as well, right? The thing about Zach Plezak is not just the ability to throw, it's the ability to control runners, uh, throw guys out, field his position. I think he really has the kind of the whole package in that respect, you know? They were even talking about tonight on Monday Night's Game about whether or not he might be a young caliber kind of, I'm sorry, gold glove caliber pitcher for those many, many reasons. So I'm going to keep on going now. Uh, I actually wanted to look into, uh, because I pay them money for this, I might as well use it. I, I have the stat head thing on baseball reference or sports reference now, I guess. And I wanted to see how many times a pitcher has gone seven or more innings, pitch, picked someone off, allowed no runs. Uh, to actually, you know what? I'm going to actually take that out because I, I put one run or less. I'm going to turn it into seven or more shutout innings with 10 or more strikeouts and a pickoff. Because I think that's a pretty uh, impressive performance for a pitcher. And wouldn't you know it that uh, prior to Zach Plezak, the last time a pitcher did that was Shane Bieber last year. Eight innings, 11 strikeouts, a pickoff, no runs, obviously, and three hits allowed. The last thing I wanted to mention before I before I give up, do you know what the – using these ex- – I just had to click on it. The highest ever game score recorded – under these specific attributes of getting at least one pickoff with no runs allowed, seven or more innings, was a guy named Frank Tanana. And he pitched for the California Angels at the time. And twice in two years did he go 13 innings and struck out 13 batters while picking someone off and throwing a shutout. And that's goddamn insane. He did it a third time, in fact. He threw... Uh, what is it? An 11 inning st- uh, shutout on 14 strikeouts with a pickoff in 1976, a uh, last game of the season too. So, so I just think wild. that's who I don't. I've never heard of Frank Tanana. I don't know who this man is. I looked him up. He's uh, he's a 57 career wins above replacement. Uh, he wandered around all over the place. Uh, he got some MVP votes at one point there, in like the in the mid in the mid 70s. Uh, some Cy Young votes. One would hope. Came in as high as third in Cy Young voting in 1976 when he had those two games where he was going 10, 11 and 13 innings. But uh, Randy Johnson also had a game like that where he struck out 20. So um, imagine being that guy who finally gets on base against Randy Johnson and then you get picked off 
And you're just like, what the <laughs> hell am I doing with my life here? <laughs> Why am I here? <laughs> what is uh, what, what is the point? I'm sorry. No, we only struck out 15. Uh, John yeah. John Gray uh-huh. actually struck out 16 uh, a couple years ago. Anyway, I just thought that was a truly marvelous performance by Zach Plesak. Um I know he's really turning into a great individual pitcher, uh, ability to get guys out at the plate. Um, but even his ability to control runners, I think, is truly marvelous. And I think it's um, very underrated kind of a thing. And it's kind of one of those soft things that we talk about. Yeah. Uh, damn, Tanana had two pickoffs in one of those games. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I think Who that's the thing it? that's a, a lot of luck, but also like he does it so well that it almost becomes a skill. Like how well he holds runners between his athleticism as the pickoff move and everything else he does. I think like you can count that as a skill for him, at least. Like these oh, guys 100%. that are borderline, maybe not, but. Zach Plezak, absolutely. No, I mean, you know, I, uh, that that was a thing that like like um, Andy Pettit was good at, at picking guys off, right? Just because they're deceptive in the way they pitch, uh, they have very good control at not balking, basically. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just it's kind of this weird little uh, sum of the part turns into this great thing where the guy just does not allow people to steal. I mean, I, I know holding runners isn't as impressive anymore. Uh, Because people don't steal as much. But if anything, that's pretty impressive because picking someone off in an era where stealing is at the lowest ebb in the history of the game, I think is truly incredible. And to to be able to just record an out like that, that's got to be one of the most demoralizing things for the individual who gets picked off, but also the team, right? If they're trying to put together some offense against a guy who's really just on point. um, Anyway, that was it. It was a really great game. And uh, definitely worth, again, staying up until 2 or 2.30 or whatever watching it. So, you know. Anyway, that is my meated ball. What's your, what do you got for some mince meat? That's a good one. Uh, mine is, it comes from the same school of very specific stats. <laughs> like, Hell I yeah, think dude. of this kind of thing, it's like um, what ESPN always used to do. I, I don't think they do it as much because they have real stats now, but they used to be like the first pitcher to do this on a Tuesday with their birthday is this. But like, mine's the same kind of thing. It's Jose Ramirez, um, first of all, hitting two home runs, which he's done a bunch this season. But also, he's hit exactly two home runs with four RBI four times this season. So every time he's hit two home runs, he's also had four runs batted in, which probably doesn't mean a whole lot. It's just kind of a weird and a neat little thing. Like, that means, I mean, one could have had a three-run home or the other could have had a solo shot. But when you add them all both up, they always came up the same for some reason, which is neat. Um, I would assume more than one of those were probably enough to win the end of the game based on their pitching. But I looked it up, and Jose Ramirez... Um, so for players to only do that exact stat, uh, two home runs and four RBI in a game, he's done it four times a season, and that's um, the only player to do it more was Lance Berkman, did it five times once. And then there's 14 others that have done it four times. That includes uh, like Larry Walker, Sammy Sosa, Babe Ruth, David Ortiz, and uh, another Indians legend, Earl Averill. They've all done it. So it's it's a weirdly, for a list that that isn't, like everybody can run into two home runs once in a while, but this is like a very elite list of hitters. That, that's there. a list of names right there. Like yeah, the worst right. one is probably at this point Lance Berkman, and he was a beast. I mean, yeah, he he's the one who did it five times. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, I, I thought that was neat. It's just that he's done a very specific thing, and not many people have done it times. Um, he also has seven, seven home. Nah, this actually isn't the most times he's ever had a multi home run games. He had seven in 2017, which was tied for the sixth most of any season. So that was kind of neat too. Um, God, he was so and good. Then, he was. He's. I think it kind of goes along the fact that he just gets hot and gets stays hot so much, and it condenses into a game like a dying star and then explodes. And it's awesome. It um, truly is, Matthew. Mm. I'm <laughs> and then the that, uh, so. the final completely pointless observation I have about Jose Ramirez is that his last home run, although now that's not true because he had one tonight, was off a fellow Ramirez named Nick. His second home run um, on his last two home run what night was on Nick Ramirez. I couldn't think of a way to find up and look out who hit home runs against somebody with the same last name, but if I could have, I would have. 
There you go. That's uh, that's our meatball segment. Just fun little specific things. It also goes nicely well into the fact that Jose Ramirez is goddamn amazing. Uh, right now, Ooh. he's... Um, I'll get into my opinion of what he should win in a minute, but I think he's in the running for Cy Young, or not Cy Young, but MVP, Definitely which is that. ridiculous to think about where he was earlier this season with his injured finger and just everything that was going on. But now he's... I mean, he has 16 home runs. He's leading the, the AL in war, which i not perfect, but it, it's a thing that he does. Um, I think so. So my whole thing with this is that I think it's hard for me to get away from, I want to be intellectually honest about the fact that I've always said before that MVP should just be the flat best player and not most important to their team. But I mean, Jose Ramirez, if you look at how important he is to his team, man, if you want to, now I'm going to stretch the definition of most valuable player to that because Go for it. what would this Indians lineup be without him? Um, if that's your criteria for MVP, then I think it has to be Jose Ramirez. But if I stay with what I think should really be the MVP, which is the best overall player, I just don't think, or the best player, um, the best offensive player, I just don't think it'd be him this year. I think he's he's in the running. He's going to get votes, and he should. If it was based on how important you are to your team, he would. But but also, I don't think WAR is the best way, especially over fifty one games and how weighted the defense is for it. Like if you look at WRC plus, he's not better than. No, Jose Ramirez like, or Abreu like rather is players. yeah way better than him, and many many other gentlemen on the, on the White Sox, yeah. as a matter of fact, are better than him. Unfortunately, yeah, it's that's like I didn't realize Tim Anderson was that damn good this year. He, he is, is like him and Abreu. so good. My God, he, like, he might go hot and, hit, and just end up hitting four hundred this year. So like, he could still do it. Is the thing. Yeah. He only has it, what seven games left, and yeah. And Lewis Robert like completely faded to basically an average hitter, and it still didn't matter at all. <laughs> like because they have nine batters with a WRC plus above 100. Yeah, and I remember we were complaining. I, I, White Sox Twitter was mad because he was batting seventh. I'm like, you know what? Now it fits that he bats seventh because <laughs> he's still tremendous defensively. He's so fast, but yeah, and he can still just beat the piss out of a ball when he runs into it, and, and he'll be good eventually. But yeah, but where do you have uh, yeah Ramirez on your MVP watch? Because I, I think everybody at least he has to be. Oh, I would on put the him watch second. For it. Uh, yeah. The first, of course, being Shane Bieber. I, I mean, <laughs> Naturally, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, <laughs> I I think Shane Bieber should win MVP. He's been, I mean, th- to say where would the Indians be without this guy? I'm, I don't know. They'd probably be better off uh, if they had Ramirez and not Bieber than if they had Bieber and not Ramirez. But at the same time, would they really? I mean, he's about as guaranteed a win as you can get at this point. And I know he kind of had not a great game a couple days, a couple starts back, but. Even when he's not great, he's just so good. And I think he's going to get one more kind of statement uh, this year. Um, I, I, I wouldn't assume he's going to pitch against the Pirates when we get – we'll get, a bit, get to that in a bit. But, uh, I mean, you're right. It's uh, the, the, the def- But the defense does matter too is the thing, right? Like, um, I, I think I, it does, I, but it's hard to I, measure it so soon. I, I I value everything he does. No, I, I mean you're right. Yeah, but I mean I value the impact he's having offensively over that of Jose Abreu. I think, or or, or in an overall sense, uh, than Jose Abreu has, is having just at the plate. Um, they'd be fine with anyone else defensively. You know, he, he could be a DH if he wanted to. It wouldn't be a big problem. So, if he yeah. won, won, I don't think he's going to win. I mean, no. to be fair, um, I don't think Obre- Jose Abreu is going to win either. Honestly, uh, I think there's too many other names on that team that I think. Are going to if anything sap votes from him, which which sucks. You know, it's it sucks to be on such a great team and have all these other guys like. And he's in Chicago too, so he's, like he doesn't have any like. They're not even the most talked about team in their own you know city, um, <laughs> right? Yeah, which sucks. Even though you know they're they're in first place, just like the just like the Cubs or Cubs are in first. Yeah, they are. Um, so yeah, I mean, 
it's a good question as to where it might go. Like of all things, like DJ LeMahieu is going to get a bunch of votes because he's hitting fucking three sixty, and he plays in uh, in New York City. So that's really stupid that will occur. But I'd be fine with um Jose Jose Ramirez. It seems like such a muddled field that which I is think... neat because usually it's Mike Trout and then everybody else. Oh no, exactly. Pretend, like, like there's an argument there, but now it's a legit argument that Mike Trout is probably not the MVP this year. No, exactly. I mean, he missed a bunch of time because uh, silly boy had to have a kid. Nut job. <laughs> but but, I, but it's you know it's it's, it's years like this where you're going to get the outlier, which is why I think like just and here nothing where it's hard to really make sense. It's it's going to be a year where uh, a guy like Bieber does end up actually winning the MVP. I mean, I don't know. Do you think Bieber couldn't win? I, I think he's been so much better than any other pitcher by pretty much any metric at this point. I mean, his ERA is. I mean, he has a 174 ERA for God's sake. Um, that's better than a lot of relievers. So you know, uh, and and his strikeout rate is better than relievers too. Yeah, he, exactly. <laughs> Almost like, 14 that, every nine innings. No, yeah, he literally has. Yeah, he has the. I mean, he has the best qualified ERA by by a fair bit. Dallas Keuchel is the only guy even close to him, and Dallas Keuchel's strikeout rate is less than half of Shane Bieber's. Like they have the same walk rate and everything, but it's like one of them is striking out 14 people per nine innings, and he's, the thing is, he's pitching nine innings too. So. I didn't mean to redirect this into a Bieber talk, but oh, no, you're it's right. Part of it is the Bieber. This talk is, is this is the timing I think for Jose Ramirez, and to say that he he can't win it. I mean, he's going. He ha, he could not have gotten a better uh, kind of runway to end the season. You know what I mean? Like that, that's that is the one problem. I know he did have a, a, a an RBI a two run single tonight uh, right before we start recording, but Jose Abreu does have to face the Indians pitching staff the next couple of days, whereas. Um, Ramirez at least gets to face. Yes, he's going to have to face Giolito, which sucks. But he has to face the other guys also, and they're much not as good as. <laughs> and then Giolito, the Pirates. So, so. <laughs> and then exactly, yeah, he get, then he gets to play what three or four against the Pirates. So it's like no one who's like on, on the edge could ask for a better kind of runway into it. And that's the thing too. Like narratively, it makes sense for someone like uh, with Shane Bieber if he if tomorrow he goes out and just shuts out the the White Sox for just like. What if he throws a 14 strikeout no hitter? Like, who are you going to give the MVP to then? Right? Like, it's like, yes, this is the guy. This, yes, officer, that's the man right there. He's the MVP. <laughs> that's the one who stole everything. That's so. the one who took everything. He took the hope from the entire South Side <laughs> of Chicago. You, cr- he has a 40 percent strikeout rate. Like, it's absolutely absurd. Yeah, and I think Bieber is going to be unanimous Cy Young, and then I can't imagine Keuchel takes any votes from that. And then, as far as the MVP, I think. I think for a pitcher to win, you have to be completely void of offensive options, and there's a ton this year, so I don't think that's going to quite happen. But I think he'll get a couple MVP votes, but I think it's going to go to one of... There's just too many good options on on offense. I, I can't imagine... I know some of them are just going to take votes away from each other, but I can't think there's enough that the people who decide Bieber as the MVP is going to win. I also wish they would just do just formally make it Cy Young as pitchers and MVP as position players, but until they don't, I'd, I'd vote for Bieber. I, I wouldn't fault anybody for doing that. I think it's I would fine, think but... I would say that if um, like Bieber had God damn, I just lost his numbers too. Uh, if he had some like crazy because like, the thing is he he has narratives going for him. If he had an amazing like final start tomorrow, right. uh, and also he and you know everyone knows the Indians can't hit, you know, and you know I mean I go but they they literally can't. <laughs> if he throws a no hitter and they win one yeah. zero, that's like yeah exactly <laughs> that but defines like, MVP right exactly. And then but like if he were like. Well, he's eight and one anyway. I mean, if he ended the season somehow, if he got two more starts, he went ten. Like if he had eleven starts and he was eleven and zero, uh, I don't think you can take it away from him at that point. That's just that's just really stupid. But like this is, you know, I mean, I, I think just because the of a couple of narrative pieces following him, I, I know that doesn't really matter statistically, but the, the people who do vote for it are you know humans who 
try and shape narrative around a silly, silly game. So they have those damn emotions and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. They think about yeah. stuff in the greater <laughs> scheme of things, like a bunch of weirdos. So if he if he yeah. if he kills it against the White Sox on Tuesday, um, and yeah, although and, and, although you and, say Tuesday, but I think um. So I think he's actually moved, or maybe they said they were going to if they clinch, but I guess the idea is they want to move him to Wednesday, and that'll be his last start of the season. Okay. I, then, well, that, well, well, that's the thing. Then he'd be going against Giolito, too. So Right. That'll fun. be a hell of a game. Yeah. That'll uh, be. That's, that's a fun one. I'd watch that. I would watch yeah. that game. Yes, sir. <laughs> that argued to be the best. That's, I can't imagine a better pitching match than that. But No, exactly. Um, and I think that, uh, there you go. Like that's, that, that's the narrative builder right there, I guess. Like, he comes in one last, you know, one last start. He throws a one nothing shutout against... Uh, you know, going pitch for pitch against Giolito, the man who, uh, even more so than the Dolans, owns the Cleveland Indians. So, um, yeah, I, I think I, I, I don't know. Uh, what's his name? Does have the I, I think the easy runway to it. Uh, talk about Ramirez. I just think that uh, narratively, I think the Bieber one kind of makes a lot of sense just for Dan. That'd be really cool too. From just this kid out of nowhere to like All Star MVP to winning a Cy Young and MVP in, in, in barely three seasons, like. Like he would, he would at that point have how many even pitch innings pitched in his career? Four hundred and eight, like four hundred and nine or so, four hundred and ten innings. If he throws a shutout tomorrow or Wednesday or whatever, yeah. Like, and I don't want to toot anybody's horn here, but somebody last season, like the All Star break, said that he was going to be the face of baseball pretty soon. I don't know. Yeah, that some one. nut job probably like said that he's still not the face of baseball. <laughs> was, you're stupid. Come big. on, he's, he's pretty close. Get I mean, out of here. You're he's got dumb. a handsome face. <laughs> <laughs> so handsome. Have you seen that guy? Get out of here. But, uh, Who is yeah, Robert's you... <laughs> face of baseball? Get out of here. But if Bieber does pitch Wednesday, which it looks like the plan is going to be, um, oh god, it's going to happen eventually. <laughs> Um, he's lined up good to start, in pinstripes. Go ahead <laughs> to start game one uh, of the weird ass wild card, which will be an away season or away series, wherever it is, whether it's against the White Sox or the Twins. Um, oh, but we'll see uh, Bieber on Wednesday, and then again on next. I think Tuesday is when the uh, wild card would start. That either puts them at regular rest or an extra day. I don't remember, but um, they're they're setting it up obviously to start Bieber day one, which makes the most sense. But um, I guess what is just your ideal playoff rotation because. I guess you you sort of have to think past this three game weirdness, but also I mean this is it. If you can't get yeah. your best three up, then you're done. So, so what do you put out there with the, what the Indians have? I mean, I think you just have to go with the top four. You know, I think you just um, yeah, no, I think it's probably uh, Bieber, Savale, uh, Carrasco. Not Savale. I'm sorry, Plezak. I was going to say, hold on. Yeah, <laughs> hold uh, on. Car- sorry, yeah, Carrasco and then Savale. I guess if you're four. Um, your four guy, but three game weirdness. Yeah, you have to go top three, and then you just start him with short rest. Who cares? Like you just kind of keep it, keep it cooking. You know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you can get uh, Bieber both games short rest at all. No, no, I, 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 I don't. Break, yeah. Oh no, you're you're definitely not going to see that. No, certainly not. And I, um, I mean, I'll but as say far as I, the next round, I like how like if this playoffs were to start today, they would play the White Sox again, uh, which is kind of neat. Yeah, but um, I think. I, I like how Savali has comported himself, but I just think right now in their careers, Plezak is ahead of him in terms of everything. I mean, the numbers speak to it. Even even if you want to look just to the, like the more advanced numbers, you know, you're, uh, you know, he's still having a better year. So, and then Carrasco's just been absolutely good. Like, whoo, baby. Um, I would say that would be the rotation, though. Uh, one, two, three, like that, and then you just kind of, and then you would start Bieber in game one of the. Um, what would that even be? Would that be the ALC, the ALDS? Yep, it is. And what the hell is going bubble. on here? <laughs> that's the bubble. It's weird. It's, there's a lot of players in there. 
And then I guess the other thing is, which one would you rather face? I, I'm going to vote the White Sox. I mean, the options are basically White Sox or Twins because the A's are too far behind. The Rays, if if things get weird and the Indians lose a bunch in the eighth seed, they can play the one seed. Or if the White Sox beat out the Rays, they could play the Indians. But I, the Rays are terrifying. I, I think I'd rather play the White Sox out of everybody. I mean, the Indians have done well against them. And it, one, it's kind of a quirky thing that the Indians, there's a decent chance to play a division opponent, but it's also... Um, I think it plays into the Indians' hand a lot that they're going to be playing a team they haven't played this year. So somebody's going to, some poor team is going to be seeing just, or I almost said the wrong one, Shane Bieber for the first time in this Whoa. season, which is, which is just terrifying. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. at least the White Sox have seen him. But if they play like the Yankees or the Rays or whoever in the second round, that's a team they haven't played this year, and that's going to be one hell of a wake up call for them. So I think as far as, I think the after you get past the first round or when there's, there's division matchups, it's going to be a lot. Uh, it's always like pitching wins in the playoffs and that thing, but it's going to be even more than usual this year because nobody's seen each other. And then you have the Indians with everybody who can pitch, even with Clevenger gone. I think they're going to be ridiculous. And there is also the fact that there's no, there's no breaks anymore. Um, I, I think what was it between the LDS and ALCS? It's or but the whole ALDS is no breaks or something like that. So yeah, you have for the yeah, whole they're playing, yeah, they're playing uh, three straight games for the AL wild card series. And then they have a couple of days off. Right, uh, but then when playing, the ALDS is all just straight yeah, through. Yeah, 5, right? 6, 7, 8, 9, and then ALCS is, I think, straight through also. 11 through the 17th is seven days in a <laughs> row, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that benefits a team like the Indians. I, I think it's, did we talk about this last week? I don't remember, but the, the rule change, I don't know if the Indians would trade Clevenger if they knew this was coming. They're obviously still extremely deep at pitching, but I think they'd want to be even deeper if they didn't. Yeah. Um, like if you have Clevenger as two, then you have... Because at the back now you have question marks whether it's Savali or McKenzie. They're not. They're not Mike I mean, Clevenger. But I just. I mean, you're right. I mean, but I. I don't think um, Savali is a question mark. I just think he's a young pitcher who's kind of growing still. He's. I think he's incredibly talented, and can certainly dominate any oh, for sure, yeah. any, any lineup. Really. I mean, to your point though, about people seeing them uh, for the first time, uh, Rick Manning of all people was again making a good point. Uh, <laughs> he's done that a few times. He hates like now, so, so he yeah, is so that's pretty great. cool. <laughs> But he was making the point where, like, I mean, if they have to see them again, see Bieber again within a couple of days, like that, that definitely plays in the White Sox favor. So maybe it would be of a benefit to them to see even the Twins who haven't seen, hasn't seen Bieber in a while. Um, you know, it's it's not it's it's in effect like like playing in a very long uh, series like that. You know what I mean? Like where you, you you face them on Wednesday, but then you have to face them again on what Monday or whatever. Um, that's that's tough to kind of for the pitcher to kind of hide anything. Especially when he's already seen him a few times. So please act seen him a bunch of times already too. Like he, I mean, he, he killed them uh, to be fair, but I feel like I, they I, have won a lot more than they've lost. I know they've, they have a winning record, but it feels like they've been more dominant than when, when they the beat Sox. them. They really have choked them out. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I, I read, <laughs> just, like they really were just very, very good against them. So I'm actually pulling the numbers up right now and I'm, I'm literally using this time to take up time <laughs> until I get to their four there and two. Go. Well, before uh, you get there, the one um, I'll go ahead. If you found them, they're four, and, they're four and two. They've um, yeah. outscored them twenty-one to seventeen. So I mean, you know, it's not not as much of a blow as we had had previously thought. Um, but well, one thing that was I don't know if it's concerning or not, but it was just weird to watch. We can call it is um, maybe he won't even come into the playoff picture. But Tristan McKenzie, his last start on Saturday, it was it was not what we've seen under him so far. Um, we've seen in his debut, he hit like 95, 96, which seemed abnormal as as it was. But then every start, he's gotten slower and slower with his velocity. And this time, he was just struggling to even hit 90. Um, I, I think the Indians said they aren't worried about it. And I think I'm on the same train as that. I think it's just 
I'm, I don't think he's injured. There was nothing weird mechanical that happened. It wasn't like a sudden drop in the middle of a game, which would worry me. If he was like hitting 93, 94, then the next inning he was down to 88. That'd be concerning. But he just came into the game throwing slower. He may, maybe he's just tired. He's like a 20, what, 23, 24-year-old kid who didn't pitch in a professional game. or um, And he, you can even look. I looked at some of his pitches, which which bless baseball savant for making it so easy to like just look <laughs> at past pitches. Yeah. Um, I used to have to like dig through MLB TV to do it, but now it's so much easier. But you could like see his little hop that he did in his first few kicks, like like the maximum intent he used to throw with in his first couple of starts. I just don't know if it was there, not there for some reason. Like it's it's one of those soft science things where maybe he's just something was off with him that day, but um, he, he just wasn't throwing as hard. It didn't seem mechanical. His release point was fine, so I'm not super worried about it. I don't think he's going to play a big part in the playoffs anyway for the Indians. It'd be kind of um, it'd be kind of wild for him to be over Savali or Carrasco at this point, I think, but. It's just something. He's going to get another start this this season, um, so we'll see how he looks in the last one. But um, I would like him to hit 95. I don't think that's going to be a reality for him. But 92, <laughs> 93 is fine. It's if he lands at that, I'm perfectly okay with that. But I mean, um, so just just a, as a point of reference, I suppose we could call it. I'm just I'm pulling up. Um, there we go. Yeah. So in his previous start prior to tonight, Monday night, but Jacob Degrom was throwing like 93 mile an hour fastballs, and his slider was basically going. At ninety, I think only made like two like two innings. Everyone's like, he's dead now. Jacob Degrom finished. Anyway, he has ten strikeouts tonight in like the fourth inning. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, totally his changeup his changeup is ninety three miles an hour. His fastball is around ninety nine. His slider is at ninety five. He's absurd. I think guys get tired, honestly, and it, I, I think we kind of forget too. You know, he professionally, if these numbers are to be believed, and they're from MLB.com, so I'm trusting them. Uh, he didn't throw any innings last year, you know. Like I, I know that they work out and everything like that, but he didn't really pitch any at all last year, did um, McKenzie? Yeah, no, not a single inning anywhere. Other than yeah, I'm exactly. Sure he did work yeah, out exactly. And he, and he only threw ninety innings a year before that, and he's at thirty innings now. And I guess I know that's not a lot, but it's just like he's young. He's built like nothing. Like that's the thing. He doesn't have a lot of meat on the old bones there. I think he he can still be effective because of his build. You know, like I was trying to find perceived velocity numbers. They don't actually exist anywhere. Uh, we just make them up and say it's probably happening. <laughs> yes, release point. Yeah, and the close. probably is like a one or two mile power difference. It's not huge. well, exactly. It's, it's but, quite but, a bit, but no, no. It, it, it makes an impact because his release point might be closer. So not just, yeah. But anyway, um, no, I I think he'll, I, I'm not counting on him to do anything right now. Is the thing too like he's going to get another start before the end of the year. He's going to be in the bullpen for the playoffs. Probably you don't need a fifth starter in the playoffs. You haven't for a long time. Like you'll get a team like the. Um, well, like the Nats last year, right? They won, they, won, they won the World Series. Their pitching staff was basically uh, Strasburg, Scherzer. Uh, they had Corbin as like a super reliever. And then they sometimes they pitched Anibal Sanchez sometimes. And they had like Joe Fetty or something pitch, someone pitch a game. You know, so like teams find, a, you know, the Indians themselves. They, they made it to the World Series in 2016 with like two and a half pitchers. Um, I, I, I don't think it's really anything to be worried about in, in the short term at least. He was never really a big fireballer to begin with that I that, that I remember, right? Like he was always kind of yeah, a guy who threw right. like 94, 95, but like Well, his big thing was just locating his fastball and he could repeat it so well, which is weird considering how long his freakish arms are. But right, his no, biggest exactly. thing was just locating it well and the big curveball. And the curveball is the thing that worried me more, is that it wasn't there was no bite to it at all. That and the slider looked just yeah. dead. So yeah, but it, it again, be, it, yeah. it might not yeah, even be like a full season decline. He's just tired for a day. Like, you know, yeah, exactly. And like I said, I, I as I mentioned with you know Jacob DeGrom, he's one of the most dominant pitchers that we've seen in the last five years. Like the guy's fastball slider is harder than every single Indian's uh, fastball. It seems like so. Uh, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where you just you you 
you you hope it's just him being tired and him again throwing professional innings for the first time in two years, basically in the absolute most difficult situation possible. He's you know you look at a lot of his like uh, percentile rankings and and extrapolated stats. He seems to be doing fine still. Like he's still uh, forcing weak contact. Is you know so he's I don't know. It's one of those things where you you hope he's fine. I expect he'll be okay. He was never going to be the the fireballer to begin with. So yeah, um, and and for what it's worth, I mean he got through four innings. It's against the Tigers, so whatever, but. I mean, four innings, one run, uh, three walks, three strikeouts, with basically nothing. He was just gutting through it with, with no stuff, and he still didn't allow. Which pitchers? I mean, have the Tigers are still a professional right? team. Yeah. If they can still hit you, if they want to, but, um, but yeah, he didn't. He worked through. I thought that was kind of. I, I think it's overblown a little bit that he worked through it so well, but he did it, and that's that's the thing that's kind of neat. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I guess, like you said, I mean, he's we're so used to. I think. Um, young pitchers coming in and being super great and <laughs> right yeah, that's the other cl- we're kind of warped fair, a little bit to be fair he's been great like, he's been fine oh, yeah, like his, his yeah. strikeout rate is better than anything either of the previous two times we've seen a, an indian or the indians debut a, a new player a new pitcher rather he's striking more people out than than um than savale or please did in their in their you know in their starts uh his era is not scary again it's only like th- 30 innings so i'm not going to sit here and like pass judgment on literally anything he's done but like he's not walking people at, at a super high rate i don't know uh, maybe kind of high rate but i guess the six home runs and only 30 innings is a little troubling but again he's young what are you gonna do um you hope he figures out to, how to not give up home runs and there you go <laughs> that, that makes me think uh i don't know it's random but where the hell's adam pluko is he still alive is he under progressive field right now i don't that's a damn good question actually <laughs> he's in the bullpen I, right but yeah he's never so. used I I, they're like just holding him as a a seventh extra starter, I guess. I don't know we why need, you wouldn't either use him or dump him at some point. But we need him. He's our <laughs> he's our uh, he's our talisman. Without him, we'll be nothing. <laughs> all those guys, you can't hit. Come all the on. aging from the other pitchers goes straight in the Adam Pluko. So he's like seventy years old right now, and they can't get him out. But I mean, for a team that's carrying three catchers, maybe I shouldn't be wondering why they're carrying an extra reliever because Listen, you could just have a bunch of random crap. It's it's the you know <laughs> it's it's just a weird season where you have 28 p- players on your roster like yeah we have another catcher. Why? Shut up, you know, whatever. <laughs> Get out of here. You know what? <laughs> uh so yeah, what about we uh answer some questions, man? I'm down. Let's do every, this. Uh, yeah, every Monday, Sunday, whatever. We ask everybody on Facebook, Twitter, and on Discord for their questions. We answer them here. Got a couple this week at Foodatorius on Twitter. He wants to know if we could combine the 2020s pitching staff with the 1995's lineup, with the resulting team in a full season, win 130 games. I think this, of course, comes with the... I mean, if you drop this pitching staff in 1995, I don't know if anybody will ever hit anything that they throw. But with the caveat of you even things out and combine them somewhere, um, could this team win more than... I, I think they'd be better than the Mariners were when they won 121, or whatever they won. Because um, that's that's one of the best pitching staffs ever, and one of the best lineups ever. If you combine them, are they going to only lose 32 games in a season? Probably, maybe. It's still super hard, but I mean, 130 wins. That's a lot of wins. Is <laughs> a little bit of wins, yeah. That's <laughs> a few. Jesus, that's a lot of wins. Well, I don't know. Let's do some bad math. That's what we're known for here. <laughs> so the Indians have pitched how many in games so far? What are we at? Like fifty something? Something, yeah. Fifty where well, there's the hell seven is left, my calculator. Fifty so three. <laughs> 54 after they're done with this. So out of 53 is 1.8 times 162. So that's 30 wins above replacement pitching if we just lazily extrapolated it. So that gets you to 82 wins, give or take, because a replacement level team is about a, um, what do you call that thing? A uh, 
come on, Matt. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, replacement level team has like is a 50 win team. Uh, so we're at 82 already with just that. The Indians uh, in 20, uh, they were a th- oh, no, they were a 27 win team uh, offensively in 1995. So what's See, that? Then you're like 100 and, something, right? That's like 110. Yeah, so they'd almost be at the record. I think 130 might be a little too out there. <laughs> Let's um, combine those two together. But, you know, I mean, hey, uh, you win a couple games, you're supposed to lose, and there you go. You get on the roll. <laughs> yeah, Albert Bell rounded the bases, uh, knocking people over. You got uh, Shane Bieber mowing down those 95 hitters. You know, I mean, the, the thing is, like, the defensive stats back then are flawed. Apparently, they're a negative 24 defensive team back then. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> what Let's... do you need that for when you have this pitching staff? They'll strike <laughs> yeah, everybody out. And then also, that, yeah, exactly. So, um, that would be very hard. I, that, that 95 Indians team was really, really good offensively, but they weren't even the best offensive team uh, by many measures in, well, I guess, just in raw offense. Yeah, they were. Never mind. Uh, but still, you know, it's like that's a lot of that's a lot of that's a lot of cheese, as they say. They don't say that, but you know, <laughs> somebody does out there, I'm sure. Um, so thanks for that question. We got two more. Uh, we'll do. We'll two do. Well, these are going to be uh, manager focused questions for the last. Oh, two. good. I love these. <laughs> First one um, from Mark Jazz Bassist in the Let's Go Tribe Discord is: In your opinion, does Tito belong in the Hall of Fame? First ballot. If not, why? Um, I think that's an easy one. Yeah, right. I don't, I don't give a shit about, about first ballot, ballot but yeah, but, I, mean, I think yeah. in there. Yeah, come on. He, went, he he broke the curse. He won a shitload of games. Uh, he brought the in. You know, he brought Cleveland to a World Series. He won another World Series ring. I mean, what when, uh, when was his last losing season? Did he did they actually have a losing season last year in Boston, or did they just fall? Into the I don't believe so. I think they won like eighty seven games. Um, that's a good question. Actually, can we look that that, that kind of stuff up on the internet? Oh, I'm it's sure good... you could look up Terry Francona's win loss record, but it's got to be a long ass time ago because not since he's been on the Indians. And if the Red Sox didn't lose, then they were good for several years. So, yeah, I think there's no doubt he gets in there. I don't know. I don't uh, know or yeah, care. His, if it's last, first ballot, but. his last losing season was. Let's see. Oh man, that's right. He snuck in with that 81 and 80. Woo, baby. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, the last time he had a losing record was actually was when he was managing the Phillies. Yeah, 65 and 97 they went. Which was when. Uh, Wait, so he never lost with the Red Sox either? No, he never actually Jesus. had less than 89 <laughs> wins when he was with the Red wow. Sox. And the year that they actually they fired him, they were a 90-win team. <laughs> so, you know, that's pretty that's cool. But yeah, you know, three AL pennants, two World Series championships. I mean, uh, it's funny, though. Around. His That can't be right. Okay, there it is. That's more correct. He's won 1,700 games, basically. That's a shitload of games. Um, he's probably going to retire soon, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, too. I can't imagine. Um, I, there was today, Paul Hoyne said, there was a report that he had blood clots, so, or he had surgery to fix blood clots, so there's no way. He's he's missing this series unless he comes back like the last game of the Pirates and then manages the postseason. That, that'd be one hell of an emotional boost for the, the Indians, I think, but more importantly, just for Tito, just to not do that and be healthy, I think, is the important thing. And I'd, I'd imagine, I, I doubt he wants to retire, but with... Uh, he was probably thinking of it soon anyway, and with his health and everything, I'd, I'd be at this point. I think I'd be more surprised to see him come back next year than see him retire after this year. Um, Ron Gardenhire's retirement was really weird. I don't. That yeah, was just out of nowhere. Like, too. fuck this. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I hate it here. <laughs> uh, so our last one is also from Mark. He asked on a more lighthearted note, um, "Who wins in a hundred meter race, Sandy Alomar or Terry Francona?" <laughs> I think Sandy, oh, right, by a mile. Oh, Sandy's going to win that. First of all, yeah. he's got those long legs. I mean, and he bikes, no, too. He's he's an in-shape fella. Well, I will say, I mean, he's probably got some bum knees because he was a catcher for so long. So, yeah. I mean. He, he had a bunch of knee surgeries, I think, so. Yeah, so maybe he works. Maybe they work again. I don't know. Yeah. 
I think it's definitely Sandy, though. I would say it would have to be Sandy. Terry Francona is one of the ones. <laughs> I mean, he bragged about eating what was it like seventy popsicles? And... One hundred and seventy-five thousand popsicles. And like, why are you doing this to yourself? An what entire is bowl of ice cream. Yeah, it's why, why we love you? him, but it's also why he's not going to win a hundred meter race against exactly. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> All right, uh, thanks for those questions, Mark. That'll do it for us this week. Uh, if you haven't already, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Let's Go Tribe.com. Find us on Discord somewhere. The link's out there. Ask if you want it. Um, you can find us every Tuesday here on Let's Let's Talk Tribe, the podcast. Uh, Merritt, I will uh, talk to you next week. Hey, it was a hoot. Talk to you then.